What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Recorded live. Hello, everybody. This is Lisa, and I am here with Sarah, who I'm going to let her introduce herself in just this moment. We are on our oh, expert portion of this series, which is a lot of fun. I think this is going to be a great call. I've actually been excited to talk to Sarah about this subject because she does some of the coolest work on this. At least some of her blog posts and some of her writing has been really inspiring for me. So this is going to be great. I'm just going to say that I am recording without my headset. Everybody's on speakerphone, including my dog. So ignore any of that, as usual, if you hear it in the background. And let's get this party started. Sarah, introduce yourself. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me, Lisa. Well, hi, everyone. My name is Sarah Grace Powers. And I am a life coach, an energy work practitioner, and I am the owner of Holistic Hot Sauce, which is all about looking radiant, feeling vibrant, and following your dream at any age. And uh, I am currently living in San Miguel, Mexico, following some of my own dreams. I moved down here fairly recently. And I'm sitting out here in a beautiful courtyard. If you hear some birds singing, that's where that's coming from. And I'm just excited to be here with Lisa, who I also have the utmost admiration for, and uh, sharing all this wisdom with everyone. This is going to be fun. So let's just I'm just going to dive in with a bunch of questions. We didn't prep for this interview, so this might seem a little random and out of order, but I mean... Tell me a little bit about your background and why you became interested in or started focusing on um, aging or agelessness, youthfulness. I mean, what what brought you to this place where this is kind of your focus and your expertise? Well, I have uh, really my whole life I've been involved in natural healing and working with women's empowerment. And as a younger woman, I was working with other mothers. I was working on, you know, how can we feel good in our bodies and heal ourselves and more with using more natural modalities. Back in those days, I was not, well, I was, I was somewhat LOA savvy, but I never called it LOA and I didn't very consciously practice it. It was just kind of in the background, but I've always been interested in just kind of the cycles of a woman's life and, you know, from the mother, maiden, crone. And as I uh, progressed through life and started getting close to 50, my children were growing up. I was looking at empty nest. I was uh, really having a lot of emotions and feelings about that because I realized that unintentionally, I'd really put a lot of my eggs in the basket of, of being a mom and being this, this, person for my children and this, you know, and and a giver. And now I was, my children were moving away. A few years before that, I had 
sold my business, which was an herb and wellness shop uh, and metaphysical bookstore. So I had let go of that. And now my children were leaving and I was coming up on 50 and just kind of going, what's next? And that really uh, motivated me and inspired me to kind of dive into this idea of what what's next for women when you do hit that point of life, whether you have kids, whether you don't. And uh, is there's there's such a pervasive idea in our culture that, you know, as you come to that stage of life, um, you know, it's, it's kind of downhill. There's all these, you know, crazy cliches. It's all downhill from here and everything's breaking down. And I really kind of wanted to bust through that and, and kind of look underneath and find out what's really there. Cause I had a very strong sense that there is a lot more, I could feel it in me, like a lot more bubbling up and that things were no, not going downhill at all, but that we were really opening up to like some huge new opportunities. So, yeah, so that's kind of uh, my journey. So, well, plus far. And then I, since then it's been, I've really been diving into it. And uh, that's when I founded my, uh, my business holistic hot sauce. I shifted out from just the herbal wellness, the natural way and went into going into looking at it from all angles, not just the health aspects. I think that it's it's interesting and it's really, really common sort of that that I don't know, scenario, I was gonna say syndrome, but I'll call it a scenario that you described. <laughs> that empty nester thing that happens where so many women have put so much of their identity into being parents and then when their children leave that thing it does leave a sense of emptiness. But I think even for women who don't have kids, there comes a point, a sort of, like you said, the cycles of a woman's life. There's often a kind of pause, a reevaluation, a rebirth or a recreation, sometime, you know, late 40s, early 50s, sometime in that time frame in a woman's life. It seems, it seems natural and it seems appropriate. And what I love about it what I love about it, particularly with what you've done, is there are so many possibilities and there are so many different ways to capitalize them or capitalize on them. You've made some really bold decisions, but I think that you did that very intentionally. I mean, the name of your business is Holistic Hot Sauce. I mean, that says, that says something <laughs> about the, a bit of fire going on with you. Yeah, well, I really, you know, and I do this little tagline, you know, healthy, hot, and happy at any age, because I did, you know, I, I was really feeling this, you know, I'm not just turning in my, you know, my, my, my hotness, you know, because I'm getting older, and I want to, I still feel like totally vibrant and hot, and I want to have a good time, and I want to feel sexy and feel luscious and feminine and that all of that doesn't have to change just with my body slightly changing, um, you know, and it's definitely takes some boldness. And I think when you, you know, there is that pause and the whole menopause thing was, is a whole nother big aspect of what I've worked with, but there's just, there's a beyond the kind of physical menopause, there is a pause and that pause is a time I think, when as women we're really called to dive in a little deeper and kind of dive into that uh, maybe bit of an underworld that we didn't want to explore that much before. And, and we were too busy to, or we felt like we were too busy to. And sometimes you just have to 
go in a little bit to that place because that's where we're really retrieving our treasures. And as we go through this huge transition of, you know, the menopausal passage and this midlife passage, and, you know, for some it happens as early as 40, some people not till they're in their late 50s, but it happens for most women. And if we kind of take that pause and allow ourselves to sink in a little and, and delve into to what's there, we can retrieve really these pieces of who we really are and take that back out uh, into our own selves and then out into our communities. I, I like the idea of dive in because let's face it, and I don't want to spend a lot of time on menopause, but let's, I mean, most people when they're experiencing menopause want to skim over it as quickly as possible. I mean, they identify it as a special kind of misery. I mean, there's, there's a lot of avoidance and a lot of a lot of not wanting to be there. And where you're saying dive in, that feels like a totally different approach to that time of life. And I do think, I've seen women actually cycle through this. I know, I know a woman right now. I mean, I'm sure she did menopause 10 years ago. But she's going through that pause, that sort of midlife pause right now. I mean, it can come in shifts and stagger and what have you, but I mean, you're saying to go deeper in where most people are trying to get above it and get out of it as fast as possible. Right, or mask the symptoms, like, you know, and that's, you know, at first I was writing a lot about different herbs you can take, and they can be very appropriate for the different symptoms of menopause, for the hot flashes and uh, all the different symptoms. But what I came to realize, and, you know, one of uh, my mentors that I read that I really appreciated is Christiane Northrup, who uh, her recent book is uh, Goddesses Never Age. She also wrote a book called The Wisdom of Menopause. And, you know, she talks about the different, you know, ways we can work with our menopausal symptoms, both, you know, with, with herbs and, and medical interventions. But she also talks about how important it is to do that, that, that deep examination and, and deep look at our lives and what's going on. And that I personally found when I did that, I, that's when what really caused me to start making some huge and bold changes in my life. And it wasn't always easy at first, but that's what really made a huge difference for me. And my menopausal passage has been pretty easy. I mean, I've had some symptoms. It's been really easy. And I really attribute it to the fact to more of doing that emotional work than to any of the, you know, the physical help I got, you know, from, from different natural remedies. And the other thing about the menopausal passage, I think, is that there's this huge narrative. It's really easy to get caught up in how terrible it is and how awful and, oh, it's, you know, these hot flashes are so bad. And I feel like we sort of perpetuate our own misery uh, when we get caught up in that. And that's certainly, you know, the LOA approach is to look at, you know, what we're, you know, look at what is working and what can work better and turn our thoughts away from this kind of collective voice of, uh, you know, how miserable it all is. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so transitioning slightly, I want to talk a little bit about how you know, pervasive it is that there's some sort of value, that a woman's value is innately attached to youth and youthfulness and that her value tends to diminish as she gets older, sort of. And I think that's a cultural story because 
it's not a story in all cultures. I mean, there are cultures on this planet that do it exactly the opposite. But, I mean, how closely do you think aging is tied to self-worth? And what do you think might be a more appropriate way to look at that? Well, I agree that it's absolutely a cultural story and it's it's very, you know, it's really a modern cultural story and there's many, many cultures where elder women and the grandmother and the elder was absolutely revered for her wisdom and for her gifts and, and even even here in Mexico there's a little bit of that with the abuelo, but there's also sort of the overlay of the more modern movie star magazine culture of the worship of youth and the Botox and everything. But I, I believe that it's just, it is, it's just an overlay. It's a cultural story that we've all, unfortunately, most of us have been absorbing and taught like really ever since we were born. I mean, we've just, you know, we, our mothers and our grandmothers would, you know, bemoan the wrinkles and it's just, it, it is very pervasive. So, you know, our, the way to get away from it is to, you know, kind of take a step back and have an awareness I think that it is an overlay and it isn't actually truth. It's not absolute truth at all. And that there is a much, um, a much deeper aspect to the elder, the, the divine feminine can deepen and become even more profound and strong as we move into these wisdom years. And to kind of, you know, if we can connect with that, with that sort of archetypal divine feminine wise woman, um, aspect that can really I think uh, help clear those old stories and help us really embrace who we are right now and not you know basing our all our worth and value on what we see in the mirror as far as flawless skin or a completely taut belly and all all of those means from our culture I think that the pursuit of I don't know, I hate to say traditional, the pursuit of commercial beauty. I mean, anybody who knows my work knows how I feel about this. First of all, it's impossible because commercial beauty is not real. I mean, it doesn't actually exist in nature. It is not a real thing. But the pursuit of commercial beauty is always going to lead you someplace that makes you feel worse versus this pursuit of your connection with the divine feminine which ties you into your true nature, your true strength, your true value as a woman. And I think innately when you get tied into that truth, which is that you are a divinely feminine being, a divinely feminine goddess operating on the physical plane, what you see in the mirror changes. I mean, it transforms. And it's not transforming because of some pursuit of commercial beauty. It's transforming because you've actually connected to the truth that really matters. That sounded rambly. I'm going to leave that to you to unravel a little bit. Oh, I love that. I I love that, Lisa, because I think you're absolutely right that what you see in the mirror, it does transform and change. And it, it is our perception, you know, and you have these stories of, the anorexic girls who look in the mirror and they see a big fat girl, you know, and actually they're, you know, under a hundred pounds and it's the same thing. I mean, it, it can, it can go the other way around. If we intentionally cultivate that 
that inner radiance and that inner essence of the divine feminine and that and we do that by really honoring ourselves and putting ourselves first and really tuning in with that you know that that bigger energy that's divine feminine and feeling it inside of our own essence and there's all sorts of practices and tools i know you write about and that there's i write about and many many of us are sharing and when we do that we really we start to change how we how we feel about ourselves and we and it does change what you see in the mirror you start to see that glow you start to see that little spark of the divine and that little essence that that is already there but it does take intention you know it's again just like all the things we do and when we work with LOA it there's you have to pay attention to what you're practicing what you're thinking what you're doing and then use intention to to shift that into where you really want it to be and we can absolutely do that with with our with our aging process and with how we feel about our bodies and our looks. I think that there's a, there's a misnomer, like a, I don't know, a, a something. I, I, I want to say a cultural lie, but I don't think it's really that. I don't think it's that, that gnarly. But I think the misnomer is, is that when you're doing the inside work, that you're sort of giving up on the outside. Like, you know, you're going you're gonna to be all about your worth as a person and less about your worth as a beautiful, you know, thriving, sensual, sexual woman. And I think that that is not true. I think they're innately connected. I mean, the, by doing the inside work, by connecting with the truth that really matters, by nurturing the strongest, most dynamic parts of yourself, both the inside and the outside are affected. It's not a one or the other, which is very different than, you know, that sort of pursuing the traditional commercial illusion of beauty. That is a one thing. I mean, that's an outside process. But what you're talking about connecting with is an inside and an outside process that has impacts both inside and outside. Absolutely. I mean, you know, you can go from the outside in, but then you're only going to go on that surface surface level and if you go from the inside out it doesn't mean you don't get to still do a lot of those you know anything that lights you up and you feel good about enhancing your beauty from that sort of more outer outer perspective you like to you know I like to do my hair you know I I have you know I I go get a pedicure people like their different makeup your skincare whatever lights you up and feels really good and I think the difference is is when you when you start from the inside out you, you go to the things that really resonate for you and that feel really good for you. And you're not just always looking and having that empty feeling like, what's the next product? What's the thing that's going to make me look better? What is, oh, someone else said that this is great. And someone else said that that's great. But you're really kind of, you know, tuning in from your own uh, innate, you know, wisdom and knowledge and connection to, to what, 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 which of those practices or products or, Things are going to feel really juicy and luscious and vibrant for you and make you feel like that super radiant goddess. So they certainly work hand in hand and can be together, I think. You know, it's not like you have to – I mean, it depends. Everybody's different. Some people feel completely beautiful. They, I mean, I actually think it's a gorgeous look, you know, the long gray hair and, you know, the beautiful dress. I mean, we all have our own beautiful ways of showing up in the world. 
and it's what what matters what the way we see someone look beautiful however they are is when they're really feeling it i think from the inside and then men they're just really shining out and we just we're just like wow look at her even if she mm-hmm. doesn't dress or uh, do her hair or anything the way we might you still see that beauty right no i totally agree so what would you say to somebody who is listening to this recording and says to themselves, okay, I get it. Like, I hear it for you, 50-ish, somewhere in there, feeling great, rocking her life, moved to Mexico, everything's wonderful, looks good, feels good, deeply connected. But here I am at some point, 40, 50, 60, and I don't feel that way. Like, that, I feel like that ship has sailed for me and I can't swim out far enough to ever, ever get it again. I mean, if somebody's kind of starting from that place of feeling like aging has got the best of them, what would you recommend to them as a starting place for shifting their thoughts, shifting their experience into a more ageless, an ageless perspective or ageless experience? Well, I think, you know, the the first thing is to just, you know, kind of step back, take a breath and just forgive yourself for not, you know, stepping from point A in one country to point B that's like across the ocean. I mean, it things take time. It's like these journeys do take some time and we get there through baby steps and through just trusting that we can get there. So, you know, there, there's all sorts of little small steps that we can take. And I think it, you know, it, again, sort of a cultural thing for us is we, we really, we want things, we want instant results. We want things to change right away. And I know I've been like mm-hmm. that a lot and still am sometimes. But with things like this, a lot of it is really just um, just trying some little change for a week. Like if it feels just so overwhelming and daunting, you know, thinking of one thing that might make you just feel really good inside. And it could just be as simple as I'm going to actually sit down and eat my breakfast in the morning instead of sort of like being on the go, running out the door, taking care of the kids or doing anything. Or it could be I'm going to drink one extra glass of water a day. Or it could be I'm going to take two minutes to just sit with myself and breathe and just just allow that. And it seems like, oh, but that's so little, that's nothing, it's not going to do anything. But really, these little tiny practices do build on each other. And the other thing I think is really important is to connect with other women who are kind of, you know, close in your boat, or, or at least interested in these same things and kind of team up and get inspiration and get encouragement and encourage each other. So that we can, you know, moving forward towards, you know, feeling a little more ageless. But it's just, you know, this this isn't easy work that you get to just, you know, get a get an instant result overnight. I don't really think there's a magic pill. I mean, some people hit enlightenment, you know, being like that overnight, but most of us don't. Um, and, you know... <laughs> And even the people that you look at and they seem like they've got it all together and they look so good and this and that, you know, everybody's still working with their own shit under there, you know, excuse my French. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> um, I would just encourage anyone who feels completely like, oh, my God, I don't know where I can start, you know, try one baby step, reach out for help, whether it's, a, you know, another woman who wants to work with you, a coach. A, uh, a a class, you know, and just 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 try one tiny practice. Don't try to do too many things at once. And it's not like 
like this, you know, if you try to be like, okay, for three hours a day, I'm going to work out and I'm going to eat three healthy mm-hmm. meals. And I'm going to, you know, that just, that you'll just end up back at square one because it's biting off too big a bite. What kind of that, thoughts would you encourage that person to be thinking? Well, one thing I think is, uh, is helpful for a lot of people. I think sometimes for some people, affirmations work really well and coming up with the, how you want to feel, oh, I am an ageless goddess. I, you know, you could, but some, that works well for some people, but I think for a lot of people, their subconscious has too many other um, thoughts that are, you know, contradicting that. And so you just end up at a stalemate. So I think it's good to move very slowly from the, you know, quote unquote negative thought or thought that's no longer serving you and maybe find a thought that's more neutral at first. And I've heard this great example, like for someone who's trying to lose weight, instead of saying, you know, I have such a fat and disgusting body, they might go, I am now, you know, my perfect weight and so thin. Well, they don't believe it. So just go from, I have a, you know, you go, I have a body, like think of something that you can actually believe is true. Even your most cynical self can believe is true. Start with that thought and just practice that. Every time the, the non-serving thought comes up, you go to the neutral thought and then from there incrementally moving up. So, you know, for me, like some of the thoughts that I have found to just help and they don't even necessarily have to do with looks and age is just like things are working out for me. You know, I, I get inspiration on what answers, um, I feel good. And then the other thing is to just, when you do, when things are going right, take a minute to actually notice that and to like feel Mm -hmm. that in your body and appreciate it. Or like a piece of you that you like, a piece of your body that you like, you know, your eyes or your lips or whatever one little thing that you know is your good feature, like just. Take, take a minute and really, really appreciate it, feeling that in your body and just kind of breathing that in. And slowly, I think, it's just it's, a, it's that slow turning of the boat if you really have a whole lot of, you know, thoughts that are making you miserable. You have to slowly put more and more attention into the thoughts that pop in that are that's the more joyful thoughts and the more ageless, lovely, wonderful thoughts. And sometimes you have to manufacture those. I mean, sometimes they don't come naturally. You have to actually ask yourself to think those thoughts. I I mean, what you just said about noticing the parts of yourself that you do like or noticing the parts that actually are working. And it's one of my favorite tools to use with clients is, yeah, you might not like the way your butt looks, but, you know, your ankles might be awesome, or your wrist is probably perfectly fine, or your neck is probably beautiful. Like, what, why not intentionally try and shift your focus to the parts of yourself that are lovely, or you might not like the way your legs are feeling because they ache or they're sore, but other parts of you feel great, and we don't tend to notice those parts that feel fantastic, and if, if they're not screaming in some sort of distress. So, I mean, just that intentional process of shifting your focus to the things that you like or the things that are functioning perfectly well, I think that one pays dividends. It pays. It works. Because uh, I mean, there's, there's, there's a momentum behind the truth. And 
the truth usually comes in the form of something that feels good. That's so true. I love that. And it's, you know, we have that negative bias. So we're always having to work with that, that negative bias of our brains back from, you know, prehistoric days. So something's aching. All our attention is on that. Oh, this is so bad. Oh, it hurts so much. Why does it hurt so much? I'm getting old. But if, you know, it's so, but if you notice that and go, oh, look at me, that's happening. We get, luckily, we have the capacity to decide, well, maybe I'm going to notice like, my stomach's feeling great right now, or, you know, and my head feels good, or I feel clear, and, you know, I'm not hungry. There's so many good ways that we can turn our attention to feeling that way, and you're right. It gets behind you. That momentum builds, and it starts to get easier to to focus on the thoughts that feel good inside of you than the ones that aren't feeling so good, and then we start to notice the external results. Mm-hmm. Indeed. So... Okay, give me some some final thoughts, some wrap-up thoughts here. Like, I'm, I'm going to leave it to you to share whatever you haven't shared yet that you want to. Well, let's see here. Let me give that a minute here to, to, to percolate because I think we shared a lot, and I, I loved your questions, Lisa. And I I really think that, you know, as a final thought, to just reiterate the the potential of connecting in, like I said, with that, that kind of greater divine feminine archetypal consciousness that just by virtue of being a woman, you are a part of, and that you are a radiant divine being of light just by virtue of being here and by coming here. And I think if we can step outside of all these bodily concern sometimes and just really tune into that it makes it easier to put into practice all these things we've been talking about you know about turning your thoughts around and about making incremental little changes in our practices it's just to take a few breaths and really breathe in the fact that we are we are goddesses we are here because we are divine feminine goddesses and what our external way of showing up in the world actually doesn't matter at all. Not to say we can't, you know, make changes in it as we want, but actually what really matters is, is who we really are and what we came here to do. Agreed. Agreed. And I would just highlight again in terms of highlighting what we've said, the small incremental changes. I think that, you know, you you pointed out that biting off too much at a time isn't likely. I mean, I've seen people do it. I've seen people wake up one day and just could be completely different in terms of how they live their life. But that's the rare exception. I mean, developing one new habit at a time is a much more life-changing practice than trying to do 20 new habits or 20 new thoughts at a time and overloading and failing. So, yeah, I love it. Absolutely. And and even when you're doing the incremental things, it's also just forgive. You're going to fall off sometimes. If you you don't do it the way you had planned one day, it's just like, that's okay. Begin again. Just forgive yourself. I mean, so much of it is about this self-love and this just cutting yourself a break. I mean, but but you have your intention. You have your goal. But, like, begin again. Begin again. And then that momentum starts gathering up behind you. And it gets easier. Excellent. Thank you. Where can somebody find you if they want to look you up online? You can find me at holistichotsauce.com. 
my name is Sarah Grace Powers, and uh, thank you so much, Lisa. I have so much appreciated being here and getting to talk about this stuff. It's uh, some of my favorite stuff to talk about. So <laughs> thanks for the opportunity. Thank you. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.